Hey everyone, and welcome to DarkCast Interviews. I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. DCI is a long-form interview podcast where we talk to game creators about new and upcoming video games, as well as who they are and what they do behind the scenes. Today we're talking about Breach, a 1-4 player co-op action RPG that combines elements of MOBAs and shooters such as Left 4 Dead with a gamer punk aesthetic in all of the mythologies. On the show is Gabe Amatagilo, the chief creative and game director of Breach, as well as Dallas Dickinson, the president and CEO of QC Games. Now this episode is a little bit different from our normal interview process. I actually got to sit down and play a couple of matches with Gabe and Dallas. So you'll hear the video game in the background some, and you'll also hear us describing kind of what's going on every now and then. I tried to edit it so that it makes as much sense as possible without having that visual reference, and hopefully that works out. For more information about the game, check out the links in the show notes to this episode, which you can find on darkstation.com. There you can also find the original Darkcast, as well as game reviews, previews, and features. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at darkstation underscore com, find us on Facebook, and email us at podcast at darkstation.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now on with the show. Dallas, I may talk less than usual, which is saying something, but uh, clearly I have a voice problem going on right now, so uh, uh, li- listen to Gabe, he will tell you wonderful things, and I'll only jump in when I need to make fun of him or Anthony. <laughs> adding adding that value, good. Dallas. That's what I do. <laughs> um, at its core, Breach is a co-op action RPG. A little bit about the sort of backstory and setting to kind of set the stage. Uh, 70,000 years ago, humanity was on the brink of extinction. Uh, That's because everything we've come to know from mythology coexisted with humanity on Earth. There was a mysterious immortal that saw our potential and wanted to protect us, so decided to create the veil, which separated Earth into two Earths, the Earth we know and then the Earth everything in mythology is in. Fast forward to today, and he's like, Oh, actually, actually, I'm sorry. I'm skipping ahead because uh, Dallas's voice is out. That's Dallas, right. I, this is usually I, where you talk about Crete yeah. right. and uh, Minotaur. Go for exactly. it. Exactly. So, so uh, <laughs> I think Gabe already said, like, he separated these two Earths, but he actually gifted a small subset of humanity um, secretly with the power of magic. He said, don't tell anybody about this, but I need you to actually maintain the sort of the doorways of the veil. There are these things all around the Earth. Um, that are called mana anchors, and it's actually kind of what keeps the uh, the veil up, and it keeps these two worlds separated. He taught them magic to empower and to maintain that. But these are people. You know some people. People are idiots, and they screw up. Over the 70,000 years, they have screwed up multiple times. And this is actually why we have all of our different cultural mythologies. It isn't just that there was like a drunk guy in a bar in Crete who was like, don't be funny, like a dude with a bull's head. That's really cool. No, actually, a fucking minotaur came through and was murdering people, and everybody saw it, and the mages had to show up and be like, no, 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 nothing's going on here. And they grab the minotaur, shove it in a bag, toss it back across the veil, wipe everybody's brains, and then say, yeah, no, no, everything's fine. But this has happened numerous times all around Earth, and this is why there are all of these mythologies. Back to you, Gabe. <laughs> Why, thank you there, Dallas. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, and and at these mana anchors, another kind of cool point to to bring up there is that's how that's where all our sort of major ancient monuments like Stonehenge, Gobekli Tepe, Pyramid of Giza were built around these sort of ley line points, these intersections. Okay. Our culture was kind of built around it. So yeah, so fast forward to today, this immortal's like, whoops, humanity's not what I was hoping for. They, they're on the brink of destroying themselves, destroying the earth, etc. Perhaps this was a mistake. I need to bring the veil down. Um, so he starts bringing the veil down, and that's kind of where the story takes starts off here. So as the veil's going down, it kind of erupts in Kiev first. There's news. There's there's uh, chaos going on. It's the first time sort of the, the general population starts to know about uh, mythology and all this craziness. Uh, the academy, that subset of humanity, kind of come out from secret uh, because other humans start being able to practice magic and they start recruiting. That's who you are. You're one of those humans that now can newly cast magic. So you've got your own kind of like subculture style, etc., and you're bringing it to the secret society. The did I miss anything on the on the backstory of the setting there, Dallas? I, I don't think so. No, no. So yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so what this allows us to do is kind of have some cool. Uh, level settings that kind of stand out meaning we've got environments modern environments where as this other earth's collapsing or colliding or merging with this earth we got fantastical or mythological environments so one of the levels we'll play through is tokyo you're going through downtown tokyo but there's a japanese haunted forest and in that japanese haunted forest you'll be fighting things like uh Komine, Koma, we've renamed Komainu. it recently. Kominus, Kominus, we renamed them recently. Kominus, uh, Buddhas, Onis, Onrios, things from Japanese mythology. So we have a couple levels in Japan. We have a couple levels in uh, Eastern Europe where you fight some of the really bizarre mythological things like Kikimoros, half chicken, half human kind of looking things, uh, leches, a human spirit inside of a tree. Uh, Baba Yaga, of course, probably the most famous uh, mythological creature from uh, Eastern Europe. And then we've got uh, where you always have to go whenever you've got uh, mythological history, conspiracy theory, Egypt. Uh, so Pyramid of Giza, Valley of the Kings, hmm. fight segments, uh, Sobek, uh, Avatar of Ra, Bastet, things along those lines. Uh, yeah, so basically we've got a lot of IP to pull from. Our writers have been working for thousands of years for us, uh, so we've got a lot of material to work with. Unpaid, unpaid writers. That's that's the way to go. That's how you got to do it at an independent company. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, that's the setting. the The core of the gameplay is 15 minute sort of uh, dungeon crawls. You go on these things we call missions. As you saw in the tutorial, you create a character, uh, RPG or MMO style. Uh, choose a class, um, and it's action combat. Now, one of the cool things is. I like to say we're kind of the Super Smash Brothers of RPG and kind of uh, uh, nearby genres like action and uh, MOBAs, uh, Super Smash Brothers kind of assortment, meaning we've got classes that have all different types of game styles. Uh, we've got a couple dozen classes. You chose one, and I, and we'll get into the Veil Demon in a little bit. Obviously, you're already introduced to that in the tutorial. Looks like you're the Gunslinger, so you went yeah, that, through that through the tutorial. Let's introduce you to a more hack-and-slash one. Go ahead and uh, select the Oros Gladiator there. Okay. Hit Activate, There's and I'll that. walk you through the details of the character page later, but just hit Activate for now. Right. And if you press and hold B, um, it shows you your abilities there. All right. 
So it gives you that those tool tips. Mm-hmm. Now the blue the blue training dummies are for like practicing healing. The red are for enemies. So go into okay. melee range on one of these red ones and then right click. Right. Also yeah, left clicks are basic attack combo. Right click is a launcher. And then it's a free-form aerial combat, meaning you got to follow up with other attacks if you want to continue to juggle them, kind of like DMC, okay. uh, God of War style. Very cool. And you normally can go through four attacks while in the air, unless you do, and then the fourth one uh, uh, slams them down, unless you do a linker. And then afterwards, you can left-click again to keep them going. So you get the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And there's a... There's a bunch of other kind of like nuances to the combos. Like you can you can hit um, number three, which is downburst, and that would launch them into the air, and then you can catch them again. You can um, at range, you can do uh, your number one, which is a pull, which you can launch people in the air that way. Also, if they're slippery and try to get away from you, you can pull them back to you. Now, your number one is a skill shot, so your reticle has to be on the target uh, when shooting it. And you can move uh, Cyclone Blade. You can you can pivot a bit while you're on the ground with it. So yeah, so that's sort of like you saw the third-person shooter type one. That's kind of one of the uh, action combat ones. And then we've got like traditional kind of MMOE RPG ones. If you want to try like a healer just to see how that is. So your right click is a heal. You'll see the three charges you've got there. And so that's kind of like, and then they recharge over time. You see the kind of circle spinning around near it? That's mm-hmm. kind of your resource for that ability. Similar to dodge. Uh, dodge was in the tutorial. I'm not sure if you caught it, though. Shift is your dodge. Mm-hmm. That's on the far left, and that also recharges over time. Q is a healing potion. Um, you start with a couple. You can also get some more in a mission. So if your health slow, Q. Okay. Uh, back, back to the Arcane Mender's abilities. Number one is... In a, is um, is an attack you've got to do it on an enemy the okay. more you heal the more stacks you get the more damage it'll do so if you go ahead and go back to the um the friendly dummy here and then do a right click or your number two ability you might now see above your three th- above your health bar you'll see like a, um an icon there with a count uh yeah mm-hmm. and that shows how powerful your number one is going to be and then it consumes it once you do it. So the idea is as you heal, you build up stacks of um, your uh, Transcendent Blast, and so you can do more damage with your Transcendent Blast. It goes up to six stacks. Okay. Now, as you're doing successful activations, and that means heals and damage and so forth, you're building up your number four, which is your ultimate. The ultimate on the Arcane Mender is a little bit different than the others in that you can actually get two stacks of your ultimate, and that is a single target big heal but it also can single target revive someone at range and so that's kind of your 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 mmo style healer Mm -hmm. class but yeah we've got all kinds of classes that we pull from inspiration of various different games and as well as some that are you know i guess you could say wholly unique on our end Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to play the Lich right now. I'm trying to learn it because it's complicated but freaking awesome. Yeah, and then, and then right now I'm doing the Nighthawk, which is another aerial combat build that is all all about like swooping in and out. Yeah, and I think I think Gabe explained uh, early on, but just to reiterate, so you can play this game kind of in any mode you want. Uh, we take kind of Left 4 Dead 2 is a pretty good uh, inspiration. You could play it solo. And mm-hmm. the game fills everything in with bots. We're going to play this game for live heroes, but against the, the dungeon as well as the AI version of the Veil Demon versus we would actually have a person playing as a Veil Demon. 
Okay. So is, is it that kind of uh, four versus one? Uh... Kind of. We, we always we always kind of say kind of there because it's not actually a direct four v one. You can't you can't actually attack or damage the Veil Demon. You're still trying to just win the dungeon, get to the end, kill the boss. But the Veil Demon can do things. They can harass you. They can pull in traps. They can pull in walls. They can also periodically they can empower and then possess the creatures in the level and fight you directly but if you kill them while they're in the creature they just pop out and they go back to harassing so hmm. it's not the same thing as like we're all up against one monster it's more like the director in uh in left for dead as actually the best example okay that's pretty interesting yeah yeah i wanted to ramp them into that go through a co-op match first i don't know how all much right. time we have but uh the and one other qualifier is that you can also do 1v1, 2v1. It doesn't need to be 4v1 in that mode. Uh, but we'll we'll jump into that in a little bit. Okay, and 1v1 is, do you still have three AI bots, or yep. is it... Okay. Yep, you got yeah, it. So it. It's always going to be a four-player party going through this dungeon, and it's just really how many of these entities are humans and how many of these entities are bots. Gotcha. That's why Left 4 Dead's a good analog there. Sure. Now here... We're in the sort of prep uh, prep interface here. Basically, we see everything we're going up against on the right. If you scroll over the skull at the very top right, mm-hmm. you'll see a bestiary. It tells you a little bit about the monsters and the boss monster. Below that is the Veil Demon. So there's six different types of Veil Demons, and every Veil Demon, you could be facing any of the Veil Demons in any of the levels, and they offer different kind of overall experience to the level even though the level is what it is uh in this case it's the chaos weaver which um actually um you kind of went against in the tutorial a little bit has a spike trap has a paralyzing field has frost mm-hmm. of elvagar shards of cerberus as you get to know the game and as you do harder difficulties you may we may coordinate picks together based on what we're going up against on the right below the veil demon ribbon there is uh you see food dog juggernaut and feral buddha this is showing the elite monsters kind of the sub bosses in the in there as well which we may make picks accordingly all right so yeah so and then of course since uh since we kind of already got into the verses a little bit the way that would go in versus is that it would go back and forth whoever's playing the veil demon would you know a hero would pick the veil demon player would pick uh his veil demon class goes back to hero then it goes back and the veil demon picks an elite and it's sort of a back and forth yeah again this is for like the deeper player actually is going to really care about the counter picking but if you're playing kind of especially like we're playing uh co-op but if we were playing co-op at an easy level Mm -hmm. it's really just pick a class you like right but as you go up in difficulty level we might actually need to pay attention to say oh my gosh this this comp that we're going against has lots of CC. We need to be able to deal with that. It's a comp that has a lot of healers. We need to deal with that, etc. So you'll see at the top a one and a one. That's mm-hmm. sort of the team level. It's kind of a session progression. Throughout the match, we're going to go through uh, seven rooms. The, uh, monsters in all rooms, the seventh room is going to be the boss fight. But along the way, there will be sub-objectives. Our main objective is just to get to the, kill monsters, get to the end, and defeat the boss. But if we also accomplish the sub-objectives, we'll get sort of team XP, which uh, can increase that one on the left to a two, to three, etc. As we level up, we're able to pick uh, talents. You might have already picked, but that's how you choose the talents. The objective is always in the bottom right-hand corner. You see it says defeat enemies, and it has a timer. So our objective in this room is pretty straightforward. It's just kill the enemies, which we always do normally, but this is about killing them sort of in time. And if we do that, we'll get uh, we'll get more XP, and then we might get to level two. 
and be able to pick our next talent. So yeah, so those bombs that we're seeing in that cloud, that smoke monster there, that is the Veil Demon. And okay. we know we know that he's a Chaos Weaver, so we know some of the tricks that he's going to be doing and, and what to look out for. So this was one of those monsters that he had. This is the Food Dog Juggernaut that, of course, if it was a player, he could pick from a list of 10 different uh, elite monsters. And that's Dallas being the Demon Hunter and banishing while we're trying to kill the guy. So I'm wasting everybody's DPS is what I just did there. <laughs> I was going to try to say, hey, if this were like a dangerous situation, I can kind of freeze that guy for a second. It's like a, maybe a three to four second uh, a banish, but I did it while we were trying to kill it because I'm terrible. <laughs> so in this room, you'll see the objective is to capture uplinks. Again, it's a sub-objective. The main objective is just to kill stuff and survive until the next room's unlocked. And because we won the last objective, we're almost at level two. You can see the blue bar there above shows that we got a lot of XP and we're about to level up. So you can see, uh, yeah, similar to Left 4 Dead, everyone can revive. Okay. So as the Veil Demon, his his goal is to down everyone. Okay. So is that the point at which the Veil Demon wins? Is um, You got it. That's his win everyone. condition. It's, okay. Yeah, it's pretty pretty straightforward. It's just make sure everyone's down. And ours is pretty straightforward. It's just it's a dungeon crawl. Get to the end, defeat the boss. Right. The sub-objectives along the way is that sort of next layer of depth if you want to get into it. Um, yeah, there, you see that plus symbol over there? That's showing a potion crate. If anyone gets it, everyone in the group gets an additional potion. Okay, excellent. So, yeah, so no ninja looting per se. So you see your account there with the, the Q. Um, I'm not sure. Well, let's see. How many do you have? You have four health potions. Mm -hmm. I'll click it, and now you should have um, five. Five. Yeah, yeah. One health. Okay. I was just, you can see. You can see above uh, your allies' health or uh, the nameplate health bar. You can mm -hmm. see their potion count there. Okay. And there are all sorts of opportunities for like co-op and and such. Like right now, we the uh, strongs are a combination of melee guys called commanders, but there are also some engineers. And if you ever see an engineer with a little yellow arrow appear, that's sort of indicating he's about to drop a turret, and we need to deal with that. Mm. And so I was—I got a couple of—I'm uh, going to pretend like they're skilled, but it's probably just lucky timing. Really good interrupts to stop their uh, to stop them doing those moves. Okay. Other oh, snipers too. How about that? So this time I did it right. I'm letting us clean up all the garbage <laughs> and then deal with this guy. And he landed in my trap. So when the enemies are glowing kind of purpley red. That indicates that the Veil Demon has possessed them, and that sometimes means they're stronger or faster or have a damage shield, all sorts of things, but it also gives us an indication of at least he's not out dropping traps in our face right now. <laughs> does um, does that perk get randomly assigned when the Veil Demon takes possession, or is that something that if somebody's it's playing... Part of their, it's part of his kit. Okay, so he gets to choose what his exactly. benefit is? or okay. Yeah, so there, there are some crazy synergies that people are already finding as we play in the alpha of like, oh, with this particular uh, one, I want to have a, like a lifesteal perk that really applies well to this particular type of, uh, this particular type of enemy, and therefore, therefore I'm going to bring in these type of elites. So there's mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff that people can do when they get into the kind of the theory crafting of it, as it were. And Dallas, don't forget your particular favorite, the, uh, the Veil Shifters... Absolutely. Where um, your elites go stealth every few seconds, That's or every so eight brutal. seconds. I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, the Chaos Weaver's perk is the um, they have uh, a bit more health. So in this room, in, in addition to killing things, every time they die, you're going to see those like blue pots of energy appear. Mm -hmm. And what that is is a Oops. sorry, I'm concentrating on not dying right now. Um, we have to kind of capture those things and then uh, and then turn them in. It's like a kill confirm. 
Okay. So when we get down Excellent. to about 10 seconds, we're going to want to run to the... Uh, there's an objective marker on the other side of the room. Come on, guys. I just deposited 31. We just need nine more. Yeah. Uh, Male demon wins. Sorry, I got I got stunned. So at I the got end... my... Sorry. I was Go just going to say, at the end of each... Um kind of these little encounters uh, if the Veiled Demon win he gets the same option of a type of perk as yeah. we do if we win you got it you see at the top it's 4v2 mm-hmm. that means he's you know we're, we're level 4 and he's level 2 so he's been able to pick his level 1 talent and his level 2 talent and AI you know automatically picks Excellent. now level 4 is your max or it's your, your max level talent uh, level going beyond that just denies him. So okay. basically, denying him of his level three pick. Um, in the next room, if we win that as well, then we'll deny him of his level f- three pick again. And then after that's the boss fight. Maybe not apparent the first time you do it, but like if two people actually try to revive, it actually goes faster. So there's a nice little little bonus there to two people reviving me because otherwise it takes a few seconds. Excellent. So we're about to go into it's sort of a, an escort payload mission. Um, in our game, there are actually two payloads, and you can choose to escort one or try to do both. It's usually a good idea, especially against a human player, um, uh, it's to, to split push, because otherwise he can lock down one of the paths. Hmm. Um, it, depending on the difficulty level, uh, like this Veil Demon may or may not be too brutal for us to, to handle just uh, just kind of by pushing one. Yeah, difficulty modes we have is uh, Recruit, Beginner, Adept, uh, Veteran, and Expert. And mm-hmm. then in the future, we're going to go to, like, Expert Tier 2, Tier 3, Tier 4, etc. As uh, as players, you know, uh, look for it. I mean, one of the things is we got a bunch of different modes. Uh, we look forward to seeing which uh, which modes players gravitate towards the most or if it's evenly split and that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, we, we've had quite a great response from uh, streamers and stuff like that, especially when it comes to, uh, like, versus mode or whatever. Mm-hmm. We've also had a, a number of people... Um, enjoy the co-op going straight against AI and the repeatability of just how the experience is different each time with different monsters and different veil demons and different classes. I mean, that's the big thing. So how do the uh, different difficulties affect uh, gameplay besides, you know, you die easier, enemies are harder to kill? Uh... So so the, um, the first two, like Recruit and Beginner, they have kind of like lower health in addition to not being as aggressive. Mm-hmm. And then at Adept and Beyond, it's, um, you know, they're at the kind of the normalized intended kind of health level and damage level. But the Veil Demon's kind of aggressiveness and even the AI's aggressiveness picks up as well as um, combos and stuff like that. Like uh, taking advantage of someone if they're knocked down, you know, and like alpha striking them, those types of things. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, early, early on in development, I always like to tell this. Uh, Gabe, Gabe implemented a version of some of the strongs that were essentially perfect AI, and they would murder you because because they were fully aware of all the states. And so the second you got stunned or pinned, they would apply the next. Like it was, it was pretty sick. And so we have not turned those modes back on yet. Um, but uh, if you look back at the UI, you'll see that we're kind of set up to be like, all right, there will be an insanity mode or whatever you want to call it. Um, and some people, that's going to be their jam, right? Gotcha. Well done, team. <laughs> that was fun. I thought I had it locked down, and it... Yeah, there you go. Looks Good like match. only one person's dead there at the final. Only so one loser Dal- named Dallas me. is red. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing he had a revive from distance, and he just chose not to do it to me right there, because he wanted you me to... You are exactly right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
And again, uh, if you see, you're gonna, you get loot drops there. So um, I, I know we talked a little bit about what was happening there with those talent picks. Mm -hmm. But those are based on the equipment that you have. So in addition to kind of choosing your class, and Gabe's going to go into all sorts of customization, but, um, but the talents you pick are based on what equipment you slot in. So Gabe, if you want to give him the whole customization spiel. So you see the gear in the top left? You see primitive target? Mm -hmm. uh, hovering over that, it says gain a damage shield plus dodge and health potion cleanse. That was your F1, F2, F3 pick at the very beginning. Gotcha. And so click on that. Now you should see you've got a bunch of other options there that you can equip, and they have oh, yeah. different talents. Yeah. Now some of them have red text, and what that means is if you equip that, you don't have the ability that talent applies to because some, some, uh, some of the talents on the equipment are specific to abilities. But that's the other factor. So if you go ahead and press back, you'll see at the bottom, um, you see the far right boom shot, how it's got a little lock icon there? So normally, they all have lock icons, and then they unlock as you level up. Mm. And so go ahead and click on Quick Feet. So at level 2, that lock icon would go away. And if you click on that, you'll see that you have other options of other abilities you can swap in there. Okay, yeah. And those are all from other classes. So essentially, we within a school of magic, in this case, it's the school that gets to carry two guns. You mm -hmm. can actually create kind of any, any subclass that you want, any sort of custom class within those. Okay. Yeah, and then, um, so going back out of there, if you click on, you see the gems column there, you click on gems, you'll see that even though the icons are the same right now, there's all kinds of different gems that mm. you pick up and you can slide in there. And an important thing is that all of this is horizontal progression, kind of MOBA style, but it has an RPG skin to it, meaning that like as you're fighting, you get these drops um, you kill monsters, you get them, you get equipment, you get gear, you can slot them, but it kind of changes you horizontally. As you level up, you're able to swap out abilities. All of them have the same kind of power level, but they're different situational advantages perhaps, but also just game style uh, preferences. So you kind of find your own style, find your own class, make it your own type of thing. But what's great about it is you can be playing hardcore for you know three months, you can invite me to the game, we can play together, your class might be very personalized to you, and I'll be dealing with a boilerplate thing, but we can play together. Okay. Now, obviously, naturally, in these kind of systems, people will always tier stuff, and there will always be a meta that pushes it. But like a MOBA, it's basically we try to keep everything on relative same power level so everyone can all play together, but have all the fun and the experience of a dungeon crawl. Mm -hmm. So that's our sort of goal there and target and inspiration, really. Nice. Um, the next thing I'd want to show you is go, uh, the uh, the Veil Demon and just how the control of the Veil Demon is. Let's do it this way. Let's actually just go into a match. Sure. Because um, normally if you don't own a class in the shop, you can try the class. And that's what I was going to have you do is like it send you into this like little trial room where you can just play the Veil Demon by yourself. Gotcha. Um, since you've seen the Chaos Weaver in the... Uh, training, and then mm -hmm. you saw it in the last match. Let's stick with that one so you have some familiarity in what he does. And now it's going to go over to you. Now you'll be able to pick an elite monster. Click the up arrows. You'll see all the options. Just cycle through and see whatever you think looks the coolest and lock that in. And again, so all of these will, uh, will synergize in different ways with, uh, with the class that you're playing, with the type of Veil Demon you're playing. Mm -hmm. Also, some of them you might get better at, so... I always choose two particular ones because they're the only ones that I'm actually any good at. Um, but 
over time I'm going to learn to play the other ones, but right now I always choose the big bruiser guys because they're tanky, I can live longer, and I actually know how their, their abilities combo. So yeah, you chose Horus and Anubis. Horus is a healer, Anubis is DPS. They're both ranged, they're both a little squishy, mm-hmm. but obviously um, can do some damage from range or some heals. So now you can see you can fly around. You can press spacebar to fly up, or you can just angle the camera and fly up and down. And then you'll see um, through the barrier, we're here, and then when the match timer's out, we can go. But during this time, you can do cool things like press 1, and you'll see a preview. Like when you're towards the ground, you press 1, you press see a preview, okay. and you press 1 again to place a trap. You kind of see where it's at. Gotcha. And we can't right, see those. Obviously, if we're quick, we can try to dodge it. Go ahead and right-click. Yeah, so that's a bomb. That does damage and some and some decent impact. Now you might notice uh, on your right click and your, all your abilities, there's similar to dodge. There's a little counter there, so there's a resource for each ability individually. So you can set two traps, you know, quickly next to each other. But then of course you've got to charge them back up over time. And this is like a field that if I run into it, I get paralyzed. Hmm. So a good combo with this is if I'm paralyzed, is you know then right click to drop a bomb on me. And then you'll see your number four. Okay, so yeah, you just possess there. Now you can use all of his abilities, and you've empowered him. And the if, you dogs are... the, if you want to see the abilities of anything that you've possessed, while mm-hmm. you're in them, press B. Okay. And just hold it down, and it kind of tells you what their stuff is. Gotcha. This guy can howl. Cool. Yeah, howl <laughs> is a self-heal, as well as it will heal any other dogs that are around him. They're a little uh, tricky to handle because they have that lunging attack. You can also press X at any time to depossess. Okay. And so basically you can bob and weave in and out of monsters. Nice. Now your number four ability is to summon the elites that you picked at the beginning. It rotates between them. Um, you'll see that's charging up. That might be close to having one charge right now. Yeah, and generally you want to hold those elites uh, until you're like in the middle of a room and therefore it's like more for us to handle. Mm-hmm. But some people actually use them in isolation and they do it on purpose. There, there are good reasons to do that as well. Yep, okay. yep, and certain plays. Like if you have an ability that can summon a wall to separate the team and isolate one. Also, you typically do it with bruisers. So same, same as heroes, shift is dodge. I think uh, Horus does a little swoop. I just used yeah. my ulti, which is why you're stunned. And so, <laughs> when that happens, you probably want to jump out of him. Okay. Mine does. Like, it's like a five-second if, if channeled stun that 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 my uh, that my character does and self heals. Yeah, you guys, you just couldn't help yourselves, could you? I could not. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. You had to. That is your ultimate, and then Anthony just focused fire on the on it. He's trying to get used to it, guys. I said I said we were going to be nice, and I lied. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, even the squishies, even even the uh, the standards, uh, I especially like the just the little uh, I don't know they're called brawlers enforcers bruisers I forget what we name them now but like they all have a right click charge attack that is super useful and so like even possessing the little ones can be can be really really powerful. Hmm. Well, especially if you pick the talents that empower the the grunts. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's sort of a learned thing. The um, the other cool thing is just like, because, you know, when they use their abilities, it goes on cooldown as well. So you possess one. And number three is also a nice one. It's a smaller trap, but it is a, uh, it's a frost trap that roots. Hmm. And so this one okay. roots for quite a while, so you can, take, you can take good advantage of it. So Anubis, one of his abilities, he lays uh, jars, scarab jars down, and they're okay. essentially like traps. 
So can you always revive a squad mate, or is there a point at which they can no longer be pulled back? Is it a like certain amount of time or certain you amount of You can always revive a squad mate as long as you can get there. Um, the problem is there are some pretty effective corpse camping strategies mm -hmm. um, that, that make it pretty hard to do. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things you sort of like learn over time as a Veil Demon is like, oh, downing someone here, they're mm -hmm. just going to be able to pull him back up. Maybe I don't want to waste my resources doing that. Um, the um, uh, yeah, but what, the revive that just happened was the Arcane Mender's ultimate, which was an instant revive at mm -hmm. range. Okay, and so that's his ultimate, and that is absolutely limited. Um, but the uh, the channel, you know, and cast to try to get someone up. Um, yeah, you're quite vulnerable while you're doing that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's why in in our earlier match when when we managed to do it with two of us. Like, that was a sweet move, because if you're just by yourself trying to revive somebody, you are just uh, Veil Demon bait. It's it's weird being a disembodied spirit floating around a level. That's I'm not going to lie. It's... <laughs> it's, a it's a different thing. It's different. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we find is kind of interesting about it is, conceptually, it sounds like, oh my gosh, that's going to be really hard. But then once you kind of figure out the basics of it, as, as soon as you figure out that there's kind of like no risk to you for... Uh, for a lot of it, like you're, mm -hmm. you can just kind of hang out in your in your spectral mode and try right. and come up with ideas. Um, it becomes actually really kind of easy to manage. You won't necessarily win, but you're going to be able to learn a whole bunch when you play. Mm -hmm. Good God! All right, leave me alone. <laughs> leave yeah, me don't alone. You can heal yourself holding oh, ult right. and right click. Yeah, that's mm. that's one of the other things with Veil Demon. It's getting to know each of the creatures, sure, and their abilities. All right, so we're going into the boss fight. Um, the boss mechanic here, just so you're aware, is mm -hmm. the big old boss, which is the Avatar of Ra, will periodically go invulnerable. And when he does, these giant um, uh, pillars open up. We have to destroy <coughs> the pillars before we can fight him again. And so as soon as you see him go invulnerable and you see these pillars kind of empower with glowing orbs, know mm -hmm. that that's where our objective has gone. So you can try and trap and stun around the orbs. Okay. And his right click is a, uh, it's a laser beam. It's, it's often a good idea to jump out of him and at least get your elite out. Mm. Yeah, so we have something sense. to deal with other than him. Sure. So there's no time limit on the boss battles. It's just a sheer uh, right. you know, force against force, whoever dies first. Yeah, so our, our matches are, are designed to be 15 minutes long. Um, okay. They, they tend to be 15 to actually usually 12 minutes long. It's kind of the average. But okay. um, the every other room prior to the boss is actually, like, it's limited, right? Either mm -hmm. you, the uh, healers win or the uh, or the Veil Demon wins. But um, I think I was saying something, and you interrupted me with murder. So I, uh, I did Sorry. not tell you. That's, <laughs> okay, that's right. <laughs> No apology necessary. I don't usually try to interrupt people with murder, but, you know, every now and then it just happens. You know, if it happens, it happens. I'm not going to judge you. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I was talking. We we're talking about the uh, length of uh, length of a match. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the the boss fight is the only thing that can kind of make it go on. And so we have had gotcha. like epic boss fights that happen. You know, they, they may last last five or ten minutes, mm -hmm. and usually that means there's a really like good interplay where like somebody is barely staying alive. Um, <laughs> they are countering everything that you are about to get stunned, my friend. Oops, I'm about to get stunned is apparently what I meant by that. There we go. <laughs> you only got one vote that time, Anthony. I think you know why. 
<laughs> hey, Jonathan kept me busy, man. All Seriously, right. I was like, whoa, okay, this is getting dangerous here. Yeah, we threw we threw you into the to the deep end there, right into it. We normally ramp you into it with a tutorial as well as um, you unlock elites. Like you wouldn't get mm. um, uh, Horus and Anubis right away. You get some of the more simple bruiser types that have a bit more durability. Um, and then we also have a training room, which I was trying to get, get you zoned into, which is something we fixed in the next build that you can do even if you do own everything, um, where you can try out all the different monsters and get to know them as well. Okay. So that's the basic game. Uh, again, the idea is, you know, you start... Um, I, I don't know if we've given you the, like the, the model, right? So this is eventually a free-to-play game, um, and okay. it kind of follows uh, the League of Legends model. So you play, you get access to a hero that you choose from the beginning, so you get to choose one of the basic classes. You'll also get access to one uh, Veiled Demon being the Chaos Weaver you just played. Mm -hmm. um, but over time, you can kind of earn your way into all of the classes. If you want to accelerate that, then you can certainly buy classes, again, like buying a champ or a hero in, uh, in League or HOTS. Um, but everything else is uh, is customization and uh, cosmetics. Um, so there's no pay to win. It is all horizontal progression. We don't want to have anybody buying power per se. Um, but in the short term, uh, when we go into early access, then we're we're going to have people buy bundles in order to get in. It's it's a bundle of classes. It's a bundle of uh, sort of like gameplay options. So that there's a a lot of variety in gameplay. But then eventually it goes free to play, and that's kind of the way you do it. You go in. You play, you level up, you start building custom classes, you get cool equipment, you start building custom builds within a class, um, and then you figure out all of the different ways to counter, all of the deep ways to play the game in whichever mode becomes your jam. Cool. Am I missing anything? Are there uh, important talking points uh, that we, we've missed, Gabe? I don't think so. I think we covered everything. Um, you go ahead and press C, and then um, navigate down to the Veil Demon. Okay. And click on Dark Artificer. So if you hover over these abilities, I just kind of want to show you just how much the Veil Demons vary. Going from left to right, you'll see one of his abilities is Ether Coil, and that basically he puts a totem down, and then there's a beam that connects to the target hero, and then it pulls the hero to that totem. So if you want to pull him to locations or through like paralyzing fields, things like that, you can have some fun combos with that. Sure. The Watcher is basically like this obelisk kind of like Eye of Sauron thing that shoots a laser beam down at you. Now the heroes can try to destroy that obelisk or they can try to LOS the laser beam that's shooting them. The Grail Bedrock creates a wall, so if you like want to separate or slow them down, it's a wall that they have to break it down to be able to get through it. The ability next to that, that's your number four, which is your summon elite, but like we were saying, each one has a different, um, a different trait when you summon. This one gives them lifesteal on targets that are slowed, which rolls into your next ability to the right, which is Kronos Gem, which is kind of your signature. It's, uh, it creates a totem that has a beam going to target hero that slows them down. The other players can try to destroy it, uh, but that, um, obviously if you're attacking with an elite on a monster or on a, on a hero who's slowed, then their elite's getting life drained, and so there's a little bit of a synergy there. Uh, you mentioned with the, uh, the different gear that... Uh, you unlock gear across uh, similar classes. So, like, if you know, if you've got a character that's dual wielding guns, uh, do you have to unlock? Say, do you have to unlock it in one character for it to be available in the other character, or how does that kind of unlock progression work? So, if you go back to the gunslinger that you were playing earlier and click on the uh, the first ability, quick feet, there, you'll mm -hmm. see um, maybe recall dart is at the top left. Yep. Yep. 
So um, I assume it's unlocked for you right now. But mm-hmm. if you didn't, if you didn't own the engineer, it would say you need to earn the engineer. Yeah, on, and if on, you mine, did, on mine it says engineer level six required to unlock yeah. recall dart. Gotcha. So basically, basically it's like as you unlock them in your class, you're able to swap with other classes. So yeah, you have to do, you have to progress both. Okay. And, then, yeah. and again, uh, you know what I what I said, what I found, what we found as uh, as we play is that like it really kind of depends on what kind of player you are. There are plenty of people even within our studio who are like single class focused. They're like, you know what, I like the basic, uh, I like the you know the vanilla loadout of the gunslinger. I like mm-hmm. getting better at it. I like kind of figuring out the combos, and I like finding equipment that synergizes with those abilities. And therefore, that's kind of the main way they play. They might have a, one other two other things in their back pocket, but again, I, I think of. Uh, and again, I don't know if you're a league player or not, but like there are league players who are who play like two or three, and that's all they do. They are their comfort picks, and that's what they're good at. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but then there are other people who like really need to know and like to know all of the classes, and are going to have you know they're the Swiss Army knife of I can handle any situation, and I built custom versions of every class for every situation, and they're going to be the ones who get deeper into actual custom class creation. So when you see that there are 18 heroes here. Uh, I think because of math, it's like 2,500, actually, possible class combinations that you could be playing in any given match. And the same is true within Veil Demons, because uh, you can enter, you can enter uh, uh, cross-pollinate with any of those Veil Demon classes, and therefore uh, there are, like, there are, I think, 2,500, even though there are only six. And so if you want to get into the deep game, there's tons of it. But if you just want to kind of get good and learn the mechanics of one and kind of optimize your gameplay, you can do that as well. Yeah, and just okay. to just to clarify a little bit, like the gear, like as if you really got into Gunslinger, mm-hmm. then you'd want to be collecting because each of those gear slots, there's like forty different talents out there, and every gear that drops, you get like three of that pool of forty, and you can also buy them on the shop for gold that you earn in the matches. But you may want to get talents to be like, I like playing the Gunslinger, but in this situation, I need a Gunslinger who's able to break out a CC more often because the Veil Demon went heavy CC. Or I need something that'll give me shields if I get knocked down or whatever. Or I need something that um, that slows because the the attackers are too fast in this one and and just things like that. Like or I need I need to have a, I need to have a talent that makes it that I can cleanse myself because I'm going into the swamp and there's a lot of poison and things like that. So you try to find answers for the one class you're really into, or you switch to a, a class that already has that at its base and it's inherent with it. Nice. So as far as the. Uh... The gear drops, or not the gear drops, but the loot drops that you're getting at the end of a match. You're mm-hmm. getting everything from character customization, as far as you know, like clothing and whatnot, to also gear, to gems, to all that kind of stuff. What what all are no, you getting? No, the um, so you're just getting like the stuff that's gear there, which is like talents. Okay. And then and then you're getting gems, and of course you're leveling up, and you're getting gold. Now, if gotcha. you go over to the shop, basically, um, if you clicked on classes. Those you'd be able to buy with gold, or you'd be able to buy with sparks. So it's it's essentially where the League of Legends model. You can buy gotcha. champions, League of Legends classes in our game. Now, if you go over to outfits, click on the mm-hmm. outfits tab. These are all bought you buy with sparks, and these are essentially our skins. Um, so again, it's just like the League of Legends uh, kind of model there. Gotcha. Now, if you click uh, if you click on equipment, and you see equipment and gems, and just click on whichever one, and navigate to it. All these you buy with gold. Um, and we show a few of them on the shop, but there's actually a bunch more than that. But those you can only buy with gold. 
Uh, so it's kind of like if you're still going with League of Legends analog, it's kind of like what marks used to be and, and things like that that mm-hmm. you would only buy with earned currency. Yeah, um, essentially, anything that, that has to do with gameplay, anything that is that is more flexibility in gameplay, which is the gems, it is, it's actually the elites that you could bring in as a Veil Demon, it is the new classes, those can be earned with gold, um, mm-hmm. uh, which, is, which is earned currency. Um, classes are the only weird exception where you can do both because it's sort of the convenience model again from League, which is like, I just want to buy that class, man. I don't want to play for a week or three days or however long it's going to take to unlock it. Um, but then all cosmetic stuff is purely uh, purely done via paid currency. Nice. Yeah. And you actually can explore a little bit of that. If you go click on character and then the wardrobe sub-tab there, and mm-hmm. then click on hero, and then you'll see there's a bunch of different icons. At the top left, visuals, go ahead and click on the outfit one. And then there's a whole bunch of different outfit choices. There's not, there's not icons, um, but if you click on them, the, your outfit will change. Nice. I'm, I'm a little sick. Mm. Yeah. So these are all the things that we granted when we had you run that uh, the demo cheat command. Um, right. Uh, so so this is actually even more than are available in the store. Very cool. Oh, dude, I have a new favorite outfit. All right, I'm changing. <laughs> and our outfits, um, you know, much like our um, our overall setting, is kind of like gamer punk uh, with uh, sort of History Channel or mythology infused. Our outfits kind of emulate that as well, as well as some combat-ready stuff. Like the outfit I'm wearing right here, you'll see it's um, it's got like sort of a foo dog with a scroll there. It's kind of got some um, some samurai influences, so it's like Japanese influence, but it's also kind of just like modern punk, gamer punk, as, as we like to call, but also some elements of uh, combat readiness with the knee pad and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we kind of infuse three different uh, aspects into our overall aesthetics. Nice. Very cool. So uh, you said that the game is currently in alpha? Yeah, alpha. We're actually, this weekend, we opened it up to uh, streaming, so people are going to start streaming it this weekend. Okay. Um, and then we go early access in the winter. Very cool. Very cool. Will that be through your own service? It's going to be on Steam. Where where will people be able to? So yeah, we we are Steam first. So uh, uh, again, we actually announced pre-order yesterday. Uh, so okay. people are able to pre-order on our site. Um, uh, but uh, first access will be through Steam. We also just recently announced that uh, we're also going to be distributing through Nmass's uh, channel. Um, we might find some other distribution channels as well. But again, we are we are the developer and publisher, and therefore Steam is primary. Gotcha. John, any other questions or anything you want to bring up? Um, I'm trying to think of anything right now. Uh, as, as far as, you know, there, there's obviously, like, a lot of lore with the game. Uh, if you play through all the levels successively, is there is there kind of an overarching story that you get to experience? Or what kind of... Uh, yeah, what's yeah. The so deal we there? have... So, um, we have... Uh, like at early access, we're going to have um, some kind of like motion comics that kind of bookend some of our missions. Hmm. But uh, over the course of like early next year, we're going to release them for all of our missions. And the idea is that there is a story arc with each of the six uh, missions that you saw there on the on the um, the play menu. Mm-hmm. And so it's more or less it's kind of uh, a Diablo style in that you can talk to some characters in the Library of Alexandria here. There's some dialogue, some chat. And then there's also motion comic cinematics, as well as you probably heard some of the VO inside the level that gives context for the um, the level, why it exists, as well as uh, a linear story developing the arc. Mm-hmm. Nice. 
Yeah, and you can play, you can di- you can discover that in solo mode, but you can also do it in um, custom or co-op or versus. Though in custom and ver- or in co-op and versus, you don't get to pick what level. So if you're on like the Tokyo level step of the quest, you're not, and you you get randomly get in a queue and get Kiev, you're not going to advance the quest um, unless you get into the Tokyo level. But you can always actively go there via solo or custom. Hmm. Okay. Uh, weapon skins are are those things that you'll buy as well, since that's kind of an appearance, just yep. an appearance thing. Yeah. Okay. Also in the in the cosmetic. Yeah. The, and again, it, it's where we're going to allow people to. You know, this is going deep. You know, philosophy here, right? So, gamer gamer punk meets meets mythological is kind of the the place we start, but mm-hmm. because it's in a modern setting, kind of anything can come in, and so. You can you can kind of go crazy, and some of the things we've done already with weapons are like they're bananas. They're just really ridiculous, <laughs> awesome. Nice. Well, yeah. I, I assume if the apocalypse did happen and people were randomly given powers, that there would definitely be people fighting with top hats on. Because I, I think so. Exactly. Know? Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if I have any. Other questions. Thanks, guys, for uh, for sitting down with me and uh, playing some uh, some breach, killing some demons, yeah. and uh, humoring me and letting me try to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> All good. John, Thank I'll you. Uh, have a good day. Thank you. Right. Y'all See too. You later. Have a good one.